What's up, guys? It's Eddie Laughlin, co-founder of Shotgun House Coffee Roasters, and you're listening to Building Something Out of Nothing, a small business podcast right here in San Antonio. Today's guest is Chef Johnny Hernandez, celebrated chef, entrepreneur, and founder of Grupo La Gloria and True Flavors, Inc. We sit down at Casa Arnan and talk about his early days in the industry, the formation of the Pearl, the creation of the first La Gloria, his foray into television, cooking for the president, and how he took his dedication to authentic Mexican cuisine and became one of the premier Mexican cuisine chefs in the United States. Enjoy. All right, I'm sitting here with Chef Johnny Hernandez, celebrated chef here in San Antonio, entrepreneur, founder and president of Grupo La Gloria and True Flavors, Inc., one of the premier Mexican cuisine chefs in the United States, nine restaurants, four concepts, you know, you've got some more things in the works, you've been doing this for decades now, and, and uh, it's just a real pleasure to come out here and have you on the podcast, mm-hmm. I really appreciate you coming on. No, it's great, great to be here, and thank you for the invite. Oh, absolutely. So yeah, we're sitting over here at Casa Hernan, beautiful building. Uh, actually, like I was telling you a second ago, I thought I was coming to your home. You did actually live here for a while, but Casa Hernan is a venue space that you use for your catering company. Yes, yes. Yeah, Casa Hernan was, uh, you know, part south. You know, we're here in Southtown, you know, and Blue Star was really the only thing out here at the time. And uh, Andy Benavides was going this side on Flores, trying to develop the, the South Flores Arts District, and then this is the Blue Star Arts District, and you know I really loved the area, and you can kind of feel the vibe, and it was kind of like emerging, and you know, like any small business, you're always looking for kind of the right opportunity, right? And you know, because of cost, right? You're always looking for the deals uh, that are are evolving or, or have potential, and that's when you know I, I kind of landed on this spot here, and. Uh, we love it. We do catering, okay. and uh, now I used to live up. I lived upstairs for eight years, and now it's a my corporate office. Someday I feel that this uh, might even be a restaurant. So oh, it could be. Oh my gosh, it would be amazing. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. And when, when did you get this building? Probably fifteen years ago. Fifteen years. So I mean, obviously Southtown Flats wasn't there. We got a brewery oh, going right behind you. I mean, nothing yeah. was here. That wasn't. Nothing was. Was La Tuna a here? Little house. Tuna was my so neighbor. Tuna was there. Was mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Blue Star Arts there? Blue Star, yes. So they Blue were Star probably just immer- well, they've been around, I guess, for a little mm-hmm. bit. But yeah, so that was it, though. Yeah, this I mean, very... Blue Star had been there twenty, at least twenty-five years, but yeah. it was kind of like it hit the brakes, right? And everything was traveling north. I yep. think the growth. So we timed it right. You know, we got a great deal on this, and now it's it's crazy. All the developers have bought all the property around here. Oh yeah, no, I think it's I think it's I mean, awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I love it. I love it. And, you know, South Sounds home. Well, and Fruteria is right down the street. Yeah, yeah. Fruteria. I got Burger Teca. Our warehouse is on Alamo. You know, I mean, we're, uh, I don't like to travel far. And yeah. so this was convenient. You got to make it easy on yourself yes. when you're doing this yeah. much stuff, you know. Travel time. We don't want to waste it on travel time. So I bought a, I bought a house uh, just a little further south. So um, I live and work, uh, you know, within a couple miles of everything. Unless you have to travel to Mexico or, you know, whatever it is. Right, to yeah. Do yeah. some R&D. Try to do that as often as I can. And we'll get into some of that as well. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to back up and talk about, you just kind of have an extensive history here in San Antonio and mm-hmm. culinary school and just the whole thing. So you were born and raised in San Antonio, um, and you've said your passion for food began when you were five years old at your father's restaurant here in San Antonio, on, on the west side, actually. Mm-hmm. Johnny's Cafeteria and Catering. 
Um, what kind of restaurant was that? And did he kind of put you to work at the restaurant early on and you kind of got a taste <laughs> yeah. for it? Yeah, like any, uh, yeah, any small business, yeah, dad recruited all of us uh, right away. And, but I grew up, you know, we grew up in the business, my brother and sister uh, and my little brother now, I mean, also, you know, his restaurant was Tex-Mex and like San Antonio comfort food. Cool. And he was one of the very first restaurants on the west side of town because on that, on the, in that side of town, Nobody went out to eat. Okay? Yeah, you know it was there was a there was an African American neighborhood and then there was a Mexican neighborhood, so there was a barbecue restaurant that opened up a little after Dad opened up. But growing up, there were there were no other restaurants. Right, my dad was the first restaurant on the west side of San Antonio, you know the area that we're at. So, uh, you know, going out. To dinner was always uh, going towards the north side of town. Oh yeah, you the, the working community. You don't go out to eat. Yeah, and, and if you're going to go out to eat, it's not going to be Mexican food, right? You're going to eat something non-Mexican. It's interesting. What, what part of the west side was this on, by the way? Was it near uh, west, far west? Uh, f- well, it was southwest. It was an old Highway 90, close to 36th Street in the Edgewood District. Okay, very cool. District Council District Six. And you district. kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit early on. I read that you would take breakfast tacos from your dad's oh. restaurant and sell them and barter them <laughs> at school and stuff like that? Oh, yeah. That was, uh, I was pretty popular in the morning. Uh, but, yeah, I would take breakfast tacos to, to school and sell them out there and candies and all sorts of stuff <laughs> that I could, uh, you know, and ran a little candy shop inside my dad's restaurant as a, as a kid. So I was always entrepreneurial and uh, loved work. I loved the business. And I knew, uh, you know, dad knew that I had a genuine interest in it. Yeah. And, you know, he always encouraged me. That's awesome. uh, To, you know, to him is you need to go to school to train to be a chef, right? Mm -hmm. That's kind of his, he didn't know, my dad didn't go to school, right? So he, you know, didn't have an education. And so, you know, his driving message to me was you have to go to school, right? You have to go train to be a chef because, you know, back then, you know, kind of Europe was the kind of prized cuisine. So he goes, you got to find your school or maybe you have to go train in Paris or somewhere and you know so there was very limited limited knowledge of culinary schools and so I'm you know I'm, this is when I was seven eight years old right. he was telling me you know he uh, always was very encouraging right very uh, very disciplined hard-working father and learned a, a lot of work ethic and how to you know support the community through him and, and mom mom still lives yeah, that's awesome. Well, and it's it's mm-hmm. huge to have that support early on, and for someone mm-hmm. like a, a parent that you respect to see that kind of drive and see that passion in you early on, and say, mm-hmm. you know what, this is kind of the direction you should take if you want to do that, and I mm-hmm. support that fully, and that's it gives you that, you know, you can kind of yeah. spread your wings and go do it. Yeah. Um, so that's what you did after high school. You went to Culinary Institute of America in New York, uh, kind of that's mm-hmm. like upstate New York a little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah, Hyde um, Park. Yeah, Hyde Park. Um, what was that experience like for you? Had you ever been to New York? And did you kind of feel like, uh, you know, oh, I found my people once you were in the Culinary Institute and went around to the chefs well, and stuff like that? It was intimidating, right? Because I was, I was 17 at the time. I just graduated. Yeah, that's and crazy. I um, had never been to New York. Uh, Dad was really ill and, and um, he passed away shortly after I started school. But he was still, you know, still determined for me to go to school, even though mom was like kicking and screaming, you know, you can't go. <laughs> Dad's like, he's leaving. <laughs> he's going to school. And, uh, but you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of a culture shock. Yeah. I mean, I think back at those days and cars and trains and buildings, my yeah, God, it, it's a different world. And uh, living a, a life that was, you know, with limited exposure 
to the world. Uh, it's overwhelming, mm -hmm. but I, you know, I found I got comfortable after a while. You know, especially once you got into the classroom. Back then, the CIA had students from all over. Okay. So many of them, although they were from probably you know, you know, um, wealthier families or they were more well off, you know, than maybe my upbringing was. There were people who enjoyed food and loved food, hospitality, you know, so right. we all kind of speak the same language in a sense, you know, we appreciate a lot of the same things, you know, you tend to be, you know, creative, but also, you know, maybe others were entrepreneurial and love music and art. So you, you're, you're coexisting with people that are strangers that are in a very similar situation. So yeah. you become a really tight family right away. So you're uncomfortable at first, and then you get comfortable mm -hmm. very quickly. Yeah, that's cool. And then Hyde Park isn't New York City, which was good. Uh, yeah. It was easier to adapt to Hyde Park than, but, uh, you know, obviously getting to Hyde, New York City the first time, I was like, holy cow. Oh, yeah, like... for sure, man. That's crazy. So after graduating culinary school, how long does culinary school last? Two years. So you yeah, were... it, was only, it was a two-year program. So after that, you were only 19 or 20. Yeah. And you migrated west and worked for some of the most exclusive resorts in the country, including the Mirage Hotel and Casino mm -hmm. in Las Vegas, and Four Seasons built more mm -hmm. in Santa Barbara, California. Mm -hmm. What made you want to, did you want to travel to that area of the country, did, or did you just get jobs out there, had some mm -hmm. connections? What, what brought you out there? I wanted to see California. I did. I mean, so I was attracted to the west coast. You know, I said, well, I saw the east coast, you know, traveled yeah. up and down the east coast, you know, whenever I could escape class or work. and. And I was adventurous as a kid, you know, so, uh, you know, I want to go see the other coast. Yeah. That's it. And uh, so I was looking for jobs on the West Coast. And then the, the CIA had uh, like some, they have career days and stuff. So the Mirage came and they recruited about 12 of us. Okay. On a couple of uh, scouting trips when they were, they came to the school when they were opening the Mirage. So you so, said, I'll do it. So yeah. I said, man, this is uh, exciting. Uh, loved, you know, because that renderings of the hotel. Oh, yeah. You know, like, in Vegas, in Vegas was, uh, you know, uh, it was definitely a, uh, an appealing destination for a culinarian, you know, and I also wanted to go to UNLV. I was doing research on, well, you know, so like, should I continue my education? Okay. And my idea was to go to Vegas and uh, establish residency and then go to UNLV. Wow. And, and obviously work in Vegas because yeah. I still wanted to, I, I felt that you know, uh, I wanted my bachelor's degree at the time uh, in hospitality. There were no, CIA only had the two-year program at the time. So, but you know, went to Vegas and uh, I wanted to learn catering and large productions because uh, I, I had a dream of coming back home and opening my catering business. Okay. I mean, that was a clear objective of mine. So that's something you knew you wanted to do. Oh, you, yeah. were, you were getting experience in all these arenas, but mm -hmm. you knew I want to do catering at some point in mm -hmm. San Antonio. Yeah. Interesting. So you had the perfect kind of opportunity to learn yes, about yes. that. So I went to Vegas. I I, <clears throat> I was hired as a banquet uh, master cook at the time and then got awesome. promoted a couple times. And, you know, it was uh, an amazing opportunity to learn there because, I mean, it was like a boom. You know, the Mirage was... Oh, yeah. The Mirage was the evolution of, of a gambling community into a resort community, right? Okay. So it, it emerged and it changed Vegas forever. And we were, to be a part of that was super cool. I mean, Steve Wynn, who we did all his private events because we did all his food as the catering department did all his food for all his personal parties for Siegfried and Roy, for the new, for the country club that we helped, that we opened that following year. So, uh, and then I, I worked with 
I mean, the richest people of the world would yeah, fly in on it's jets, insane. and I worked with all their private chefs. I mean, you know, the president of all these companies from Asia was a huge client, so they'd fly in on their jets, and they had their they did travel with their own chefs and culinary teams, and we worked together on all different kinds of international foods. It was it was amazing. It well, was that, an amazing couple of years. Well, and the bar is set so high in Vegas as far as like quality mm -hmm. is concerned. And like you said, some of the mm -hmm. richest people in the world flying in and, and tasting your food, it's like this has to be, the standard mm -hmm. is set really high. Yeah. And so you're learning to make some of the best food in the world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, So I think that yeah. just, that's just really interesting. So then uh, I wanted to scale back a little bit and uh, went to Santa Barbara and you know I had an opportunity. They reached out to me through another friend they were looking for a, a, a restaurant chef. I had an opportunity to go into their management training program for, with Four Seasons. And uh, I, obviously I respected Four Seasons. I, I wanted to work at a Four Seasons before the Mirage. You know, I was looking at the Four Seasons at the time, uh, or the Ritz Carlton. I was looking at those two because those were the, the top hotel operators in, in the world. Oh yeah. So um, when that opportunity came up, I said, man, what a great time to jump off of this and, and scale it back and do something, not so much higher end, but on a smaller, more personal scale. Definitely. Definitely. You know? And um, so, you know, there I was. I went to Santa Barbara and, you know, spent about a, I don't know, a year and a half there. Came back home and, you know, I hadn't planned on staying home, but uh, I got offered a job because I was doing some consulting work here. And I got offered a job at the old San Francisco State, old San Francisco Steakhouse at the time. I mean, it was the, it was like, this is years ago, right? right. So uh, it was the one of the top restaurants in the city. It, it definitely was the busiest restaurant in the city. Wow. Um, I remember we used to do a thousand covers on a Friday. Oh you know, my goodness. Twelve hundred, two thousand New Year's Eve. Uh. You know, two thousand Mother's Day, and it's insane. But I, you know, I saw it as an opportunity, not not from a culinary knowledge, but from a organizational knowledge and leadership role to manage four restaurants and redevelop their concepts. I hadn't had that opportunity. I thought okay. I had the knowledge to do it, but had never executed it right or been involved in it. And then to be in charge of that to me seemed very exciting as a chef. I said, you know, I've never done this. They want to hire me. They're going to pay me well, and they're going to give me all this creative control. You know, so that'd be intimidating, though. I mean, a little bit. You've never but done I mean, anything I was, like that. You know, I mean, you know, uh, I think intimidation is when when you see an operation being well trained and obviously pretty confident. You know, you you deal with intimidation, knowing that you know you look at them and you look at the team and you say, well, if they're doing it, right, and I have the training yep. and experience. I know I could be better. It makes sense that I could do it better. Right? Yeah. So, so it's more so, motivation than anything. Yes. It's like, you know, you're trying to put that intimidation aside, but you're right, right? It's, but I mean, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's something that's real in, in competition. But I mean, anyway, I saw the opportunity of, of really learning how to lead a team and, and, and manage a bigger group of employees. And, and uh, I loved it. I learned so much about people, the restaurant business, you know. You, know, you have a procurement department, you have an HR department, you have, you know, so you're, you're, so really you're learning on. all aspects of the business, not mm -hmm. just cooking food, but just how to manage a restaurant, how to, how to run a restaurant and eventually yeah. how to run your catering company mm -hmm. that kind of yeah. later that year. So this was in 1994. You ended mm -hmm. up opening yeah. True Flavors, True Flavors, yeah. True Flavors Catering. Um, and were you still working at the steakhouse? I was, I was cycling out. They didn't want me to leave, of course. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I said, look, um, 
I'll help y'all. I got to transition out. I, I, I guess I'm not leaving to Europe. I just got the bug. I'm like, man, I want to start my business. I yeah, think man. I have enough knowledge. You know, I mean, because at the end of the day, I was seeking knowledge and experience to make sure that I was successful. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, that was my, uh, my roadmap on a napkin, you know, that I wrote when I was very young, you know, and 16 years old or 17 years old. And, and I knew I wanted my catering business. I knew I needed an education. I knew I needed to learn catering at a different scale. I needed to refine things, went to Vegas or Santa Barbara. And then I needed to learn administratively how to run an operation and manage yeah. costs, right? So to me, that's the path that, uh, those are the things that I felt were gonna, you know, strengthen my position of, for success. Okay. And, and I felt I'd accomplished that. You know, I always wanted to travel to Europe and work in Europe. It was a dream, but it wasn't an essential part of, I felt of my success. Okay. You know, and, and so, so yeah, you had done all those things, and you were what, twenty five at the time, still. Yeah, I think yeah, I started my company man, at twenty five, twenty six, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> and and I know you were, you know, you said you were making pretty good money at the steakhouse, but how yeah. how did you fund this operation? Do you have to take out any loans? Were you just paying with your savings? Well, I was doing. I had I had a couple consulting clients that you know that I would help, right? And not big consulting gigs, but I, I had an opportunity to rent a kitchen for. A small amount of money because I was doing consulting work for a restaurant and I didn't have to build a kitchen right and I had uh, I think 10,000 bucks in a, in a savings account I think uh, my sister lent me some money and I went into a bank and put it into a CD and they lent me 30,000 oh, right? on go. the 15 that I had or 12 that I had and uh, with that you know I bought a van computers catering a computer catering equipment and you know, printed business cards. You know, obviously, uh, I understood the market. I was from here. I was assessing the competition. Assessing so you were pretty confident going in. So I was, I was already kind of trying to understand the business as I was planning this exit out of the steakhouse. What really made the opportunity was the fact that I, I rented a kitchen for three years, right? That was, you know, 350 bucks at the time, I think. Wow. Plus, I did consulting work for them, you know, on the side, you know. So right. it was a it was a great opportunity that you know presented itself, and that's when I thought, you know what, this I'm going to take this and I can build it up. And then I bought my first kitchen on my I think my fourth year. Okay, wow. Mm -hmm. So this was 1994, and so you did this about 10 years or so before you were doing anything else. Mm -hmm. You you were just building up this catering company, building yeah. up your re reputation yeah. within the San Antonio community. What were some of your earlier gigs like, you know, things you would do with the catering community? Well, I mean, when you're a caterer, you do everything, yeah. right? I mean, you do everything from breakfast tacos to box lunches to fancy galas to community work, right? You're always, you know, you're in the, when you're in the food business, you're, you're always obviously asked to do things. And, you know, we catered a lot of weddings at the time. Yeah, yeah. A lot of weddings. Uh, you know, we, we, we would, you know, everything was off premise, right? So I just had a, a raw kitchen space and I would deliver food for events. And, I mean, my office, literally, my office was Jim's restaurant. Okay. Oh yeah, I yeah. would I would either meet at a gym's, I believe it, That's or right. I would go into the client's home and meet with the parents or the organizer. And you they, know, in other words, if it was a wedding, usually I'd go to the home. You know, of course, I had my portfolio. Sure, sure. My, you know, so you had menus. like menu, you know, things like yeah. that. You would sit down with them. They would say, "This is how many guests we're going to have. This yeah. is the style that we want." You would say, "Well, I could do this, this, and this. This is how much it's going to cost, and I'll bring it out to you in the van." Yeah. And we'll set it up, and then set you eat up. it, and I'll come pick it up or yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. Yeah, we did all different kinds of simple drop-offs huh. to complex, you know, full service. That's crazy. And then the company began to grow, and we evolved, and then you start adding rentals and services, and, 
you know, I did some government contracting with the city and the state, you know, to just grow the business. You know, I mean, we did meal programs. You got into some light manufacturing. You know, when I had my, when I built my kitchen, you know, uh, my first kitchen, I had more capacity. And I'm like, well, shit, what do I do with all yeah. this kitchen? I yeah. got to, you know, start selling food, I guess. I can't <laughs> let this equipment sit idle, right, you know, because right. on catering, you're, you're working on Fridays and Saturdays, right? Or, exactly. Or Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and you're cleaning everything up on a Sunday and, and then looking for your next gig. But I started obviously looking for opportunities, smaller opportunities, more regular opportunities. So then I really hit the medical center area. Started doing a lot of drop-off box lunches, fruit wow. trays, and cheese trays, and the medical f- industry was a huge customer of mine. That's awesome. Um, you know, and are you just out there networking? I mean, how are you oh, getting yeah. all these? So you're just, I mean, obviously you're. Oh, I would take likable guy. Yeah. I would take uh, box lunches with my cards and my stickers and drop them off at doctor's office, pharmaceutical companies, awesome, and. Man. And I built a huge customer base in the medical center area, which I almost opened up a location out there. I had so much business and. You know, and then of course life takes you different ways, sure. you know, and, and got into some contracting that really started to help stabilize the business. And then one of the biggest gigs that we have, still have is the convention center. So the convention center, I'd always had a goal to go into the convention center. You know, I, I want to, I was one of my goals right, to be the caterer of the convention center. So we've been in there now 16 years, 17 And that's years. a contract you got with them, right? Mm-hmm. So that was huge. Landing huge. that was huge. It was, uh, it was, it's a... Uh, it, it tripled the size of our company in from one day to the next, you know, and so that was because um, our we've been we've gone through two re, uh, a second renewals. So like the first one, we had a chunk of the business and we tripled the size of the company, and then we went through another renewal a couple years ago, which tripled the size of the company Jeez, again. Man. So I mean, it's a big contract, okay. and now it's I mean now it's RK and myself we're partners there, and and um, you know we're it was a it was structured a different way in previous years and it got restructured in our new bid we partner came together and we won and you know we'll be there another 15 years so you were obviously i mean you were turning a profit with the with the catering company doing mm-hmm. pretty well building up this solid reputation over about a decade eventually the opportunity for the first la gloria at the pearl mm-hmm. came along now is that something you knew you wanted to do with you know you had your eye on that and you knew you wanted mm-hmm. to do it or did that opportunity just present itself and it was too good to pass up how well, did that happen I mean, I knew I wanted to open up a Mexican, an authentic Mexican restaurant. I had, I had uh, been traveling through Mexico doing volunteer work with my mom, helping at some camps for youth uh, in central Mexico. I did that for many years cool. and uh, got to see a lot of Mexico beyond where I had seen as a kid. Right, mm-hmm. as a kid, you know, I, my dad had a lot of family along the border, so we'd go to the border cities, but I never traveled into the interior of Mexico. And awesome. when I did as a chef. I was like, wow, the, this awesome. cuisine is much more complex. The ingredients, it's, you know, uh, it, it kind of like, wow, why haven't I seen this in the U.S.? Why haven't I seen it in San Antonio? Uh, you know, you see this Tex-Mex and, you know, maybe fajitas, carne asadas and stuff. And, but you don't really see the breath of, you know, you don't get to, you, you're scratching the surface on Mexican yeah. food. So I saw that right away as an opportunity. So I kept, you know, as I traveled down to Mexico every year, I started, it kept learning and learning different, you know, different destinations I would travel to and made up my mind really quick, man, when I open up a restaurant, this is what I'm going to do. That's awesome. I really begin to understand Mexican food intimately and regionally. And uh, we were doing work for Kit at the time, my catering company. You know, we'd done some work for him, and the CIA was considering coming to San Antonio, so I was a part of 
a lot of those conversations, the CIA was looking to come to San Antonio for many, well, it's not that the CIA was looking to come to San Antonio, there was diff, different efforts in the city trying to bring the CIA. Yes. It was Cappy, then there was Mayor Garza, and then now Kit. So I had been through <laughs> several of those conversations on uh, how to bring a culinary school to San Antonio, wow. right? And, or at least the CIA to San Antonio, because we have a great community college, St. Phillips. It's been here for a long time. So I met Kit through that whole effort. It was his effort to bring the CIA, but I knew the school really well. Exactly. I had been uh, a spokesperson for the school. I had worked on different Hispanic outreach initiatives across the country. I had hosted a lot of career fairs. I, I was a speaker. So I knew, the, I knew the leadership of the school before they came to San Antonio. Right. And um, when they came, they knew I was, you know, the, you know, they knew I was uh, an active alum. I met Kit through the CIA, actually. Awesome. And that CIA conversation with Kit was long. It was four years, maybe five years wow. before it happened. Wow. So over the years, I got to know Kit. Uh, and one day, I'm at his house, you know, helping him with an event. And uh, we're in the garage, and he's in the kitchen eating food. And the event's in, the, in his house. And, uh, he, and I said, well, you know, hey, Chad, what's it going? How are you? Oh, everything's good. He goes, so... Um, what what uh, what's on, what what are you working on? And I goes well, you know, I've been traveling to Mexico and I really love it, and I just you know one of these days I'm gonna open up a Mexican restaurant. Awesome. And he's like, well, I have the place where it's gonna go then because I I'd love for you to do it at Pearl. I said, wow, okay. Um, there's not a lot obviously no. that's being yeah. developed still. So I said, well, of course, you know, I, I'd love to see what that looks like as y'all develop the plans for Pearl. And, and he left it at that, and he introduced me to somebody on his team, uh, Bob Sohn at the time. And Bob and I kept in touch as things were being designed and developed at Pearl. So they always kept in contact with me and always asked me for ideas, and you know, because they were trying to develop the Pearl Master Plan at the time. This was back in uh, 2007, 2006, 2006. Wow. Okay, yeah, so early, so, yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that's what... 12, 13, 14 years ago. And uh, finally, you fast forward a few years, you know, he never let me not open it there. And he was like, I'm going to, I want this restaurant here. I want, I know exactly your experience and what you've told me. And, you know, Pearl was very supportive. And um, although, you know, of course, it's, it takes a lot of money opening a restaurant. Oh, yeah. Uh, they were very supportive uh, of opening, of making La Gloria happen. And, and they have been very supportive of all the chefs that are there. And they do certainly, Kit and his team, at least, you know, uh, especially Kit and obviously Ken Halliday at the time, who was, um, and obviously there's been a lot of evolution of Pearl, but they, the entire Pearl you know, certainly deserves a lot of credit uh, for the development of the food community because oh, they, they, they really supported, you know, the, the chefs. And, you know, he really, he was adamant in the beginning. He's like, we're not going to open up any restaurants unless they're CIA chefs, yeah. graduates. Right? Yeah. And, well, I was uh, about to say, everything at the Pearl, and I was talking to Chef McHugh about this yesterday, cured, uh, everything is very carefully curated. And they mm -hmm. really put a lot of effort and detail and mm -hmm. care into what opens at the Pearl. But especially, I mean, you were, did you have an opportunity to select that spot? I mean, I mean you were, it was so early on within the <laughs> development of the Pearl. Did you... Know what it was gonna be? I mean, what else was even there at the time? Well, uh, that wasn't the original spot for La okay. Gloria. Okay. The original La Gloria was gonna go where Green is right now. 
Okay. Yeah, next yeah, to yeah. Andrew, because Andrew was working on El Sonio and I was yep. working on La Gloria. Okay. And there was no river, right? There was no river development. There was no farmer's uh, market. There was no river there. No, there wasn't. It was, well, it was a overgrown a creek, creek thing, yeah. And uh, so I had already started my design. I'd spent, I don't know, $60,000, $70,000 of design already in engineering my spot. Jeez. And um, so then Kit came back and Ken at the time, and, you know, he's like, we'd love for you to move your restaurant to the river. We're going to... It looks like it's going to happen, which was the extension of the river. The development the of that, city, yeah. The city and the county's commitment to spending the $73 million to extend the river. <laughs> and they're like, um, I'd love for you to move. And I said, well, there's no way I can move it because I'm already designing. You know, we're, we're submitting plans to the city and, you know, I'm 70000 or so. I'm already halfway this. through this, dude. Yeah, yeah no, and started. I have been living this dream, yeah. okay? I mean, you have to understand... I've been living this and thinking about every nuance of the space and the corners and the turns and the tile and the tables, the chairs, the lighting. You can't uproot it all now. Like, yeah, you're like, I'm like, it ain't happening. <laughs> I don't get it. I go, there's no way. I'm like, I just poured everything into this That's space funny. for two years and uh, or three years, it seems like. Uh, there's like it's, uh, I go, you should find somebody else. You really need a restaurant on the river. Wow. Came back. I don't know. He called me back for another meeting and he's like, well... How about if we give you the money to move your restaurant and uh, we'll pay for the move? Wow. And um, I told him, let me think about it. Okay. So, so you still didn't want to do it. No. Uh, <laughs> so then I came back to him and I said, well, I don't think I can move the restaurant. Okay. I go, I don't think the, what I designed for this space is not going to work there. I said, so uh, I don't know. I would have to develop a new concept for the river. So, yeah. And uh, really shelve this concept. He goes, okay, what do you have in mind? I said, well, I think more patio-esque, more casual street food type, you know, ceviches, tacos, you know, tostada. And Kit loved the idea. Um, so then I started kind of working with his team to explain the concept to them a little, you know, in more, in greater detail. And, and the rest is history, right? Uh, they, they supported wow. the move. We, they paid for all the architect, the engineering. They managed the building, the construction for me. It's awesome. They helped move me to the river uh, after, you know, a <laughs> three-year process of designing the first restaurants. They got some beautiful plans. Spent a lot of money for They're still mm. upstairs in the office. Um, but it was, uh, it was the, you know, obviously it was a boom and, and a huge success. You know, helped start the farmer's market there. I was one of the original 18 vendors at the market, and I used to... I don't know if you remember, but I used to sell tacos at the market because wow. they wanted prepared foods. They wanted uh, something to eat at the time because uh, everybody else was produce. So I was making breakfast tacos, and then I got this idea. I'm like, well, let me – we needed to promote the market. Yeah. You know, then there wasn't a whole lot of customers in the beginning. So I said, well, how about if I go shopping and I buy all the food here, and then I cook it and set up a little kitchen and a dining area. And uh, so I, I did a – a little market table every Saturday. I would wow. serve about thirty to forty people at, wow. at my mar- at my market. It's called it was called Mesa Alegre, which okay. is a happy table. And uh, I was uh, this was before La Gloria, and I would go get lamb, or I would get the they had the tilapia, or they had that beautiful shrimp they used to sell there, or even the beef. So I would go and I would create a menu, a chalkboard menu every Saturday. I did that for two years. Wow, and that was kind of just while La Gloria was. In preparation stages and all it's, that? At, the, at kinda... the time, I was redesigning it. Okay. 
So yeah, that <laughs> we're like, all right, back to the drawing board. I got to redesign, <laughs> but I got to do something, and we can kind of maybe spread uh, the word about what's going to happen. And kind oh, of yeah. Well, I mean, uh, they had hired Tatum uh, Evans. I don't know if you remember Tatum, but she was a farm. Uh, she was, you know, she had come from. She'd worked at different markets or had led different farmers markets across the country, a couple of different places in the country. And uh, I met Tatum, and they're like, well, this is our market manager. We want to start a farmer's market. And so I was part of all those conversations with Bob Sohn at the time. Wow. And um, Paul Beard. Okay. Paul Beard was the general manager, or the CEO of Pearl at the time. Um, it was just him and two people. And now they got 30, I know, it's, 30, it's crazy 30 now. people now in their team. But, I mean, uh, that was the beginning. And, uh, you know, obviously a lot of success. And after that, we did Fruteria here in Southtown. Uh, actually, Fruteria in Southtown was supposed to open before La Gloria. And then we went through a downtime. The economy crashed in oh, 2007, yeah. 08 or so. This got put on hold. I did La Gloria. Then I came back to do Fruteria. And, and La Gloria, so that opened up in 2010. And was that just kind of an immediate hit? I, I know the Pearl oh, wasn't yeah. what it was now is today, obviously. Yeah. You're talking about the history of that a little bit. And it was still kind of small time, but it was real big anticipation. And so were yeah. people flocking from all over San Antonio to come to this yeah. new restaurant in the Pearl? <laughs> Yeah, it was a little, you know, I mean, nobody wanted me to open at Pearl. I had, I was looking at other opportunities and they're like, there's nothing there. Yeah. There's nobody there. There's a, but just, you saw the there's a Spanish, though? there's a thing in Spanish, no any moscas, you know, why would you open there? You're going <laughs> to starve. You're going to, not going to make it. I mean, cause I have a lot of friends in the business Yeah. and I was young at the time, obviously, <laughs> 12 years ago. And uh, so I had older mentors and friends that said, no, it's a bad location. Don't do it. Wow. And uh, but I knew that they were working on the CIA. Right? I knew there was a master plan. And I really felt good about my conversations with Ken and Kid and Bob Stone. And they were excited about it. They, and they clearly mm -hmm. wanted you. I mean, they'd done everything they right. could to get make, get you there. Um, right. So, I mean, it's, um, you know, the rest is history. Right. We, we great partnership. You know, I mean, obviously a lot of things have changed now, right? And uh, it's a it's a beast, a different yeah. beast now. And but we're 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 excited that we're still there. And but the the moment we opened the doors, there was a line to get That's in awesome. that place, and it know? never stopped. It never stopped. Everyone I mean, it, we used to be a counter restaurant. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a counter, and the line would go, man, 20, 30 people deep all day long, and uh, <laughs> it was a huge success. You know, I mean, I think we got a bunch of write ups in every magazine. Oh, definitely. It was. Again, it was very unique, but it was Mexican, right? Which yeah. is what you think people would know, right? But it was still very new and uh, different. I don't and think as a chef, you were probably getting a lot of kind of statewide attention and stuff like this oh, for yeah. some of the first time. So you were getting yeah. to experience a little yeah. bit of that. It's kind of fun. But everybody that I've talked to that's been in the Pearl from Bakery Lorraine to Cured mm -hmm. or whatever, they say... Uh, I think Jeremy at Bakery Lorraine said they opened to their busiest day ever and it's never stopped. And it seems like it's just so so much is going on at the Pearl always and it's just such mm -hmm. a premier location for a restaurant so mm -hmm. did you, I, but like with them and I'm assuming with you were you understaffed at the time were you prepared for that that huge wave of people coming in uh, we we handled it <laughs> yeah, you figured it out right we handled it yeah you work 24 7 right it took us a couple of years to get under control so you had to yeah so you had to figure it out yeah, you, we, you just kind of winged it and said we're going to figure this. But you had you were prepared in the sense that you, mm -hmm. like you said, you had done all this catering, you had built up a reputation in a business, yeah. so you knew how to handle it. Yeah, I knew, but I mean, I knew the hard. business, and I mean, obviously, I had I had more resources than most because I had my catering company, I had right. my family was there. I think 
you know, I grabbed my brother, my sister, my sister-in-law, and like, here, you run the door, and right. I got to stay in the kitchen. So people and, were helping you out. Oh yeah, friends and family. So we had a. Plus, we had the catering business, so we had employees yeah. from that side that would come over at work evenings or mornings. She said, I need, I need you to get over here. Yes. Yeah. So we had some resources. And uh, then finally, the transition into full service a year later that we finally got done. Okay. Uh, and, you know, it, it's hugely successful. Hugely successful. It's just yeah. a great spot. It's one of, definitely one of the top three recommendations when anybody comes to San Antonio. Yeah. You did that. Britannia had been put on hold. Mm -hmm. And then eventually you got to refocus on that project mm -hmm. here in Southtown at the Steel City Lofts mm -hmm. um, in 2012. You were able to open that restaurant. Mm -hmm. um, what's that concept and how does that kind of... Uh... Well, this was my neighborhood, right? I had already been living here for, for three or four years. and Well, I lived in Steel... I, I lived in South End Lofts for two years and I had already bought this. I already moved in here. So this was my neighborhood for five years and I wanted to open up a neighborhood, you know, fruit... The restaurant cafe. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, that's what um, what I wanted to do, and it was inspired by some of the fruit stands and places in Mexico I'd been to uh, that I felt would jive well with this neighborhood, and uh, it's different from La Gloria. Yeah. Right. So that was uh, that project was I had put that on hold, and then I was thinking, well, maybe I won't do it. I don't know. It's going to be a lot of money. You know, do I have the money? You know, just trying to, should I put it into this or that? And then Dennis McDaniels, who was the owner of that building, you know, really was adamant about having me there. And he's like, well, let me help you finish your space. Let me put some money in for you. Yeah. We really want this amenity. You know, we had a great friendship that we had made over the years. I met him through my catering company also. Right. And I used to do all his catering when he would come into town to open, to do open houses and stuff like oh, that wow. for the building and as he was developing it. And he really wanted me to open up there. He made it possible for me to open there for sure. Wow. Because he put a lot of money into that space for us to open. And, uh, of course, we started bringing money into it, right? You have to pay for all your equipment and startup and training and development and all that. Uh, but Dennis was just a, just an amazing owner who, who would take no for an answer. Yeah. And, you know, so we opened up Fruteria at the time got approached to do the airport, literally opened up Fruteria, then I opened up another La Gloria, then a Fruteria in Houston, then a Fruteria in San Antonio. Wow. So yeah, we had three restaurants that we opened um, the following year and a half. So this was, I mean, kind of a whirlwind of like five years, where it's yeah. like, boom, La Gloria, number one hits, and then the next five years just boom, 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 boom. Um, mm -hmm. Not even necessarily the plan, it's just where life takes you, you know? You have these opportunities and mm -hmm. you, you got to be ready for them. You got to right? be ready for them, which is uh, yeah. how how are you able to juggle all that? I mean, and now you're juggling even more. But was it was it overwhelming at the time, or is that just your personality and you're just able to handle it? You know, a lot of delegation, a lot of there handing you off. You hand off responsibility, and and you try to hire the right people to, you know, to to lead your team and who who you feel have the right hospitality gene, right? Who are willing to take on and and mirror your personality and your culture, right? You're trying to find people who who will make decisions the way you make decisions, right? And buy into your vision and, mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And um, so I knew right away that I, you know, I needed a, I mean, and I started with a, a very trained general manager and I hired a very trained, uh, a very knowledgeable chef as well. Okay. I didn't try to run the restaurant myself. Right. I basically said, look, 
I know my catering company can support me and makes money for my income for my life. I need this restaurant to be successful. So I hired a, you know, a high paid GM and, a, and an executive chef from awesome. day one. Yeah. I'm glad I did because it would, it would have been very difficult if I would have tried to run the restaurant like most, right? Most try to do everything, do everything or high, lower skilled management because they're fear of, is it going to work? Or am I going to have money? Right. Uh, and I didn't have to live off the restaurant. Right. You didn't have to worry about that as much. So you were able to pay top dollar for top mm -hmm. talent essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And it paid off obviously. Yeah. And then you opened up this kind of separately, a La, La Gloria in Las Vegas. Was that kind of around the same time? How did that happen? Well, we just, we celebrated five years. Cause I mean, I actually, I closed it. What a month. I did. I had a five-year opportunity with Caesars, okay. and I've been wanting to open up a La Gloria Quick Serve, like a taqueria, because I've thought of opening. I wanted to grow the brand too. So Caesars approached me. I went up there, presented to the president of Caesars, uh, Gary. I presented to Gary and his executive team, and man, they loved it. They wanted an authentic oh, yeah. taqueria. Yeah. And uh, so I did a tasting for them, a presentation, and they're like, you know, let's get this done. We love your brand. You know, what is it going to take? And we put together a partnership, and we tried the Fruteria poolside for a while, which, which was a blast. Vegas was a lot of fun. It has to be fun, And, yeah. and uh, it was, I learned what it takes to exist in a food hall. Yeah. It's very competitive, uh, but also very quick you know, the quick serve. And I, it was a great experience. And then Caesars was a, a class act, you know, and, and we had other opportunities, but San Ant we have some huge projects here in San Antonio. I mean, we're trying yeah. to buy our real estate and build our own restaurants. Oh yeah, it's big and undertaking, yeah. So, you know, Dominion, we took on Dominion after Vegas. And, and then we were already getting ready for the South Side, two restaurants and then La Vita. Because we didn't have the bandwidth to grow in Vegas, absolutely, it didn't make sense for me to stay there. Okay, and uh, you know, because uh, the the goal the goal had been to do a full service restaurant, and, right? And we passed up on a couple, uh, we passed up on a couple of them in Vegas, several opportunities. But I mean, you 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 know, you have to have the the leadership and the bandwidth, you know, to execute, and and we didn't. We were we had too many projects lined up here in San Antonio that we had to be right on top of. Definitely. And were those projects, the, the Burger Teca and Via Rica? Yeah. So Burger Teca, Via Rica were the next ones. And then we were already working on Brooks. So Brooks and, and that's in the work kind of right now. Yeah. We just, uh, we're starting construction really soon. Oh man. Yeah, it's exciting. We, we finished the design, uh, you know, recently. And, uh, so they'll start moving dirt pretty soon. We're going to open up a La Gloria and a Machito. Wow. We're going to reopen Machito. So Machito was at the, uh, Quarry. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, that was a whole other two That's years. That's a whole other thing, yeah. Yeah, that was a whole other conversation. Yeah, that was three years actually. Shit. Jeez, man. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we're, um, you know, and we, again, every opportunity has, has come to us. And, you know, I was being interviewed earlier, and you have to pick the right opportunities, right? Because there's so many. And you get better at picking those opportunities, right? And saying yes or no. Machito was a tough one. The location was tough. The building was old and historical, very difficult to run what we were trying to do there. Yeah. We couldn't design it the way we wanted to uh, when we started peeling back the walls to improve something that's very old. Yeah. Uh, so that was a very expensive lesson uh, in, in, in my career. Uh, so we, we lost a lot of money because we put a lot of money into that restaurant. 
you know, and uh, because every year you want to, you know, you want to, you want to do it right. Absolutely. You want to do it right. So, you know, we spent a ton of money there and, and we didn't see the end in sight because we didn't own the building, you know, and it wasn't our property to, 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 to fix yeah. correctly. I mean, we were profitable. We were doing well that last year. Finally, we, we found the right menu to appeal to. And it's interesting because it's Alamo Heights is your customer. Yeah. It's deceiving because you're by the quarry and you think the quarry will be your customer and it's not. It's Alamo Heights. Interesting. So I learned a lot about site selection there and yeah, about no, infrastructure and about build, rebuilding old structures. I always knew that, I mean, I learned a lot from Fruteria too, right? But uh, the, here in, in Steel House. But that one was complex. And then, I mean, we own Fruteria, right? We own all our property. We buy everything. We, we're, we either have wow. a very long lease with an option to buy or... Because I don't, you know, we want to own our own real estate as much as we can. Uh, there are some deals that you just can't own, airports and stuff like that, that are, you know, that work, that are profitable, that are great opportunities. So, but uh, yeah, Machito, we're, we're reopening that, so he will come back to life next year. So you like the concept. Oh, yeah. So People should, love the concept. The concept is great. So you're just going to move it to a new location. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be in this new Brooks development where isn't mm -hmm. there going to be new Southerly? Brew yes. Pub is going to be over yeah. there. What, what else is going to be over there? Well, he's doing his chicken and biscuit concept, too, I guess. I'm he's, doing, he's doing his brewery and a, and, and a chicken and biscuit concept. Right, right, yeah. It's completely different from what's going on at the, yeah. the Pearl. And then, so oh, you're going to be down there with two it's, spots. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, and is so there cool. a slated opening for any of this? Uh, it's going to take us all of uh, seven to eight months okay. to build it, equip it, and train to, before we can open. That's awesome, man. So yeah, that, that'll be really coming. exciting. Um, so I'm going to embarrass you a little bit. You've received critical and kind of national, statewide acclaim in publications such as Texas Monthly, Bon Appetit, Food and Wine, Travel and Leisure, Martha Stewart Magazine, Tasting Table, Southern Living. Uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, how does it feel? I mean, when you started all this, I'm sure you didn't do it for the accolades, but it's got to feel nice to open up a Texas Monthly and see your face sitting there and, and these people reaching out to you left and right and just to feel like you're kind of a leader in, in this industry, especially uh, in the specific style of cuisine that you mm -hmm. cook. I think that's right. got to feel good. And, and what effect do you think that has on San Antonio as a city? Well, I mean, I think all of it adds, right? All every every The effort of not, you know, not only mine, but of Pearl in general and the chefs there and the, and throughout San Antonio, I guess we all contributed in, a, in one way or another to the promotion of our city, right? And uh, it's, you know, it's obviously really nice to be recognized because obviously these publications get to see and measure us up against everybody across the country, right? Or even across the world. It's huge. So it's, uh, I think it's, uh, it's encouraging. And it, it, you know, like most of us in our industry, you know, it makes us strive even more. Right, we want to strive harder. We want to make people proud. Right, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're all we all have this hospitality culinary gene, and we're here to, you know, we're here for the customer. Right, and whether they're internal, you know, the employees you want to take care of, the workforce that make it all happen, or the employee that, or the guest that, you know, helps you keep the lights on and, and pay the bills and, and you know, hopefully turn a profit. Yeah. Right, but I mean, uh, it's. It's exciting to see San Antonio's evolution the last 10 years. Especially with, yeah, the Pearl coming mm -hmm. in. And, I mean, that's just it's a destination for the yeah. entire state now. You it's know, just, and again, it's just, there's always, there, there will always be people that have to set the example, right? And that's in every industry and in every city, right? There's always, it, you know, progress, you know, is when, when, you, when you look and assess progress of communities across the world or across cities or country, and there, there are always a handful 
uh, who are the, the ones setting the example. And there's a small group of us in the chef community that set the example. And, and it makes it possible for those to, to, to see it and say, well, I can do that too. I love right? it, yeah. And, and Pearl did the same thing at a different level, right? As a developer, they're like, all right, if I invest money in real estate and I, and I think about who my renters are or who my tenants are and, you know, uh, it can be done, right? It can, right. you know, food and retail and housing. And so Pearl set an example for developers and, and that's why there's developers all over the place. Okay? Awesome. They mentored a lot of developers that's themselves. Crazy. You know, and I think all of us are contributing to, you know, to the success that everyone, you know, is enjoying today. And, and there's a lot of work to do and there's a lot of cool stuff still happening, right? So. I'm excited for the future of San Antonio, that's for sure. A yeah. couple more things, I'm gonna let you go. In addition to doing you know, everything that you do, your re reputation has grown and things like that. You've been doing more like television appearances and you've been featured as a guest judge on Bravo's Top Chef. You've been on Cooking Channel's Man Fire Food, uh, Simply Ming, as well as Travel Channel's Bizarre Foods with Andrew Zimmerman. How did you kind of get into some of the, the television? And is that uh -huh. something, do you like doing that? Is that something you want to do more of? Or is that just kind of fun every once in a while? It's fun every once in a while. There you go. But, you know, they've uh, they, uh, they approached me, I guess, just because, you know, they're probably looking at the food community and seeing who they need on the show, right? Yeah. And that producers will call and invite us on shows, you know. I've never for one matter of fact i tell them no sometimes I'm like man i can't do it i don't have time for this yeah uh, which was the, which one's the one that came a couple of next food network star they've called a couple of times and oh, yeah. emailed me and stuff i'm like man I, I wish i could take a month off well you did something for bobby Chef flay and, like and you, i did bobby yeah. flay bobby flay was cool Is too cool? and they they and so they work with my schedule i told them no i said well, i can't do it i can't do it that day i can't do it that day and they're like, will you send us a couple of days? You can do it then. Um, so, because it's quick, right? It's two days. You got to yeah, get yeah, it yeah. out. And um, we finally coordinated schedules with the competition agenda, you know, that he had. And uh, yeah, that was it. Was fun. <laughs> it was, it was well, that was kind of a perfect little matchup because he's like kind of Southwest guy, <laughs> and you're kind of South. You know, just it's per similar cuisines. It yeah. just kind of works out great. Yeah, I just think that's really interesting. Yeah, it was fun. Um, but it's good exposure, right? It's always good it's, exposure it's for the fun. brand. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun too. It's it challenges it challenges me as well because I don't really true. like doing a whole lot of it. I think I have more fun at the competition uh, than I do some of the shows. Uh -huh. But I hadn't competed in a long time, so I was like, shit. Yeah. Well, this is gonna be fun. How am I gonna do this? <laughs> or what should I do? What should I be careful with? Yeah. But you know, I thought about it. I ran through the recipe a couple of times. Like, okay, I'm, or you know, or a couple ideas because that's awesome. You know, you don't always know what you're gonna do. But yeah, it was it was a blast. It was a blast. Enjoyed it. In 2016, uh, you had a really cool opportunity to showcase your culinary expertise in the flavors of Mexico at the White House. You were a guest yeah. chef for President Barack Obama, which is, I mean, what was that like? I mean, you got to was go, it, you met the president. Yeah, I mean, was, you know, I mean, it's definitely the highlight of my career, one of the most memorable experiences that I'll ever have. To be in the White House and work with his team and you know, meet the president and, and, and Mrs. Obama, and it is such a surreal environment. You know, you don't think about it, but you see, obviously, you know, uh, him and, and her on TV and, and how they're revered, and, but to be there is, is kind of an out-of-body experience because, you know, you grow up reading the history books and learning about the president and the White House and the history and the place that it is and what it represents, you know, in our existence, yeah. you know, it, it is, it's so special. 
And, uh, you know, to be there, to be invited, you know, it was such a huge honor. And then to have the opportunity to meet him and talk to him and take a few photos. Um, I took my girlfriend, took my family with me. I took my executive team with me or my leadership team. Wow. I took Greg and Luciano and Ray and Raul. And it was a special, special For everyone day, involved, you, you know, know, or several days I was there. It was amazing. I mean, it's a, it's a museum, right, of history. But, and then to meet the president and, you know, be able to, you know, share a few words about industry and career with him. And it was, it was amazing. And what an honor, right, to, to really represent San Antonio and our cuisine and our restaurants and, and then make, and then obviously have the family and, and some of my employees a part of it was quite special. That's so awesome, man. It was huge. Huge. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how I'll ever top that. <laughs> well, I feel like it's kind of a, a pinch yourself type moment, you know. It really was. It um, really was. So you yeah. have, you know, you've just built up this brand. You have about like four or five different concepts, multiple restaurants. You're in multiple cities. Mm -hmm. um, you're working on new projects right now. Like what, what's kind of just on the horizon for you? Do you maybe have... You know, any other things you want to talk about? Any uh, other I mean, I think, things on the horizon? Well, I think what people can expect, you know, in the next few years is, like I said, we're going to we're gonna open up a beautiful La Gloria on the south side, and Machito is going to be just, it's, I'm taking it back to its roots. Sweet. I'm going to do it the way it's done in Mexico. I've already figured it out. It's going to thrive out there, and people will come from all over the city because it's going to be amazing. And we have a huge following. People still email me, text me, Facebook, all Instagram. They're like, when is it open? When are you open? Are you open? <laughs> so that's happening, and that's going to be huge. I mean, but right now we have, um, you know, we have a seafood concept that, that, you know, we piloted over at Big Tex, Via Rica. So that's kind of, that's in my mind, and really I need to find a place, you know, in the, in the future to reopen Via Rica permanently. Um, you know, we are, we have a very special project at La Villita. Okay. La Villita is the original village. It's the oldest neighborhood in San Antonio. Yeah. And it is historically some very important project for my career and for our city. So I'm very focused on La Villita as a, as a concept we're going to put there. I haven't decided what to do yet, but it'll be corn focused, you know, uh, you know, open kitchen, beautiful architecture. So that's in development. That's a few years out. Uh, and I'm working on a, a concept that I can't tell you a whole lot about, but it will be my high-end restaurant. Wow. You know, it'll be a, it's going to be a very unique dining experience. Uh, I've always wanted to do a higher-end Mexican restaurant, but everything that we do is casual. Yeah, everything we it do really is. is yeah. Everything we do is approachable and casual. And I think I did that because... You know, that's San Antonio, right? Yeah, absolutely. San Antonio is casual, approachable, comfortable. And, and I know that's what made a, it makes a lot of sense to me. When I opened La Gloria, I realized, okay, this is what works. Although, obviously, you know, I wanted a higher end originally. So I'm kind of going back to part of that dream. And I, had to, I had to put that on the back burner and really find the right time to do it. And, and now I have ultimate – I have so many resources now – and I have, I'm so much more knowledgeable. Yeah. And uh, we're going to open up a very special restaurant in the near, in the future. And, you know, in the next, I don't know, three to, three to four years, 
somewhere in there. I'm, I'm already working on the concept, but it will be something San Antonio's never seen before. Oh man, that's yeah. really exciting. Just yeah. gave me goosebumps. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't wait. I mean, I work when I travel. I'm working on it. Yeah. I actually, I was in Mexico uh, working on table design, chair designs, uh, china designs. I'm gonna take my time. Yeah. I'm gonna take don't, my time. With I feel it. like fine dining thing like that. You don't want to rush it and mm -hmm. seem like, like you said, you have all the knowledge, man. You know, you know mm -hmm. the process it needs to take. So you just let mm -hmm. it do its yeah, thing. So it's. Man, I can't. It's gonna be. I can't wait to do it. Uh, there's so much other stuff happening. So I know, like, I know. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna take my time. <laughs> I got a few already in the pipeline that I have to, you know, really be careful with that are really important. And this is in the future. Yeah. You know, and undisclosed it, day, just in the future, it's gonna happen. It'll be unique. It'll. Uh, it'll be that moment that uh, that was similar to when we opened La Gloria. Wow. Where I said, "Wow, this we've not seen this before." Wow, what you know? And so it's a combination of a lot of elements, right? It's food, it's beverage, it's service, it's decor, it's ambiance, it's, it's experience. You know, all those details. You know, it's that oh, you know, it, it's that collective experience that, that people see and feel when they when they arrive, when they dine, when they leave, and they talk about it after they leave. You know, and it's exciting. It's exciting. That's what. Those are, that's what's keeping me busy besides, you know, still trying to do a book. Well, I know you travel uh, a good amount probably for work and things like that. Do you have a favorite culinary city? You mentioned Mexico, uh, you know, anything not San Antonio? Jeez. You know, I, 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 it's hard to pick the best, you know, my favorite destination. It is Mexico, right? Mexico yeah. is, a, is amazing. And, uh, you know, but I think I can go to Oaxaca any day and find new things. Or I was in Michoacan, you know, last week, and that was you know, Guadalajara, and I love Veracruz. You know, I love those destinations that are, uh, that have, that, that maintain and still have their native roots uh, in, in some of these pre-Hispanic traditions. Wow. So Oaxaca, Veracruz, Michoacan, you know, Merida. These are cultures that still have intact indigenous culture and indigenous traditions and food. And I like to see that. And I think those are the places I really appreciate and, and lo love to travel to. And, um, you know, uh, aside from all of that, uh, we, in October, we're going to cut the ribbon at Kitchen Campus, which is uh, our culinary school program for youth. Oh. Okay, so wow. we, we have a, a foundation. I've had, uh, you know, started a foundation about three or four years ago through the Paya Challenge. I don't know if you know the Paya Challenge, but it's a big fundraiser I do every year for scholarships for students, high school students, okay. culinary students. And we've been fundraising for the last three, four or five years to build a community kitchen for teaching for uh, as a as an after-school program for high school students that are in culinary wow, programs. that's really cool. So in the neighborhood I grew up, on the west side of San Antonio, we've built a kitchen. Uh, it's going to be an after-school program that will later be an accredited program, and I'll work with the Culinaries of America as a That's pipeline amazing. for high school culinary students to uh, to earn credits towards their first semester uh, uh, career path. So that's uh, called Kitchen Campus, and we cut the ribbon in October. Uh, we already had two kid camp, two camps. We had a spring boot camp. We had a summer competition. Uh, but we, we're, we're about finished. We're, we're finished with the kitchen. I'm still working on some improvements. You know, we're fundraising, but it, it is. Uh, we want the most dynamic. We want the the model high school culinary program or after school program in the country. 
That's awesome. We want to motivate and inspire the, the future talent of, of our food community. So kind of giving back a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think that's yeah, really cool. So. You sound like you don't really relax or take a break very often. You're kind of just always going, always going, always going. Um, when you do get a chance to actually like just hang out, are there any like little restaurants you like to go to in San Antonio? Other chefs oh that man, I keep it of? simple, man. Yeah. I, but you know what? I, it's, you know, I'm a, I'm a little bit, uh, you know, limited in, in time, but I, I love casual and I love supporting small business. So, I mean, if I stay in my hood, which is most of the time, you know, I have Parrilla Azteca where I love their yeah. machacado and I love, uh, I go to Blue Moon. Uh, their caldos are awesome. So I love the Blue Moon. That's not too far from my house. And, you know, Chef does some great pizzas there at Il Forno. I don't have to go too yeah, far. Yeah. You know, I mean, Liberty Bar is a, is a staple. So I go to Liberty Bar, and it, it's tough to, to find time to sometimes uh, treat yourself. Uh, but, I mean, I'm, I enjoy it. You know, I, I, I enjoy uh, supporting the, the Southtown community and, it, you know, Pearl, usually at Pearl, I feel like it's work, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, even if I go to Cured or, or, is, yeah. or, or a, a, a Trey, you know, or not Trey. Everybody but knows a, you. What's his name? Uh, you have such a recognizable face, you can't even. Rattree, yeah, to get barbecue yeah. or, you know, it's just, it's tough. I mean, I still haven't made it to the new CIA restaurant. I mean, I've oh, been, one, I've been wanting to go to Saver. Yeah. I mean, obviously, John at Hotel Emma does a freaking crazy, phenomenal job over there, but. I mean, I love sushi. I love seafood. And, uh, you know, I'll hit up uh, Sushi Hana or Koi, you know, uh, or uh, Fujiya whenever I can. Uh, but I like the, you know, South Barbecue over here. Yeah, dude. On, that's on, 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 popular place, man. Oof. Yeah. I mean, it's getting more and more popular I've heard now, amazing but, things about yes, it. Yes, they're killing it over there, man. Great sides. I'm big on sides. And uh, I think they have the best corn in the city there you go i tell my you team i said will you go eat their corn and then we need to do it better <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome man um yeah, i love it but yeah i know you're an incredibly busy man and i you know i really appreciate you for taking the time yeah. coming on the podcast people are really going to enjoy this um a lot of chefs in the city uh, up and coming chefs and chefs who have been here for 10 15 years really yeah. look up to you you've helped pave yeah. the way for so many people uh opening with gloria and all your other restaurants so really appreciate it man and uh yeah Ah, well it's 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 a pleasure you know it's a life we love and you know love it and hate it at times but you know it it drives us and you know we're we're blessed you know as well the you know the city continues to thrive and create jobs and and opportunities so we're living in exciting times so um, it was was, was, was a blast to to visit with you well good good luck with everything Thanks for listening to Building Something Out of Nothing. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, you can email me at ed, that's ed6238, at gmail.com. As always, you can visit either one of our locations seven days a week. Our roastery and first location is over at Warehouse 5 at 1333 Buena Vista Street. If you'd like to serve Shotgun House coffee roasters in your restaurant, cafe, or office, shoot us a quick email at orders at shotgunhouseroasters.com or contact me anytime at 254-913-9031. Our intro music is provided by the Delicate Boys from Austin, Texas. You can find this song and their entire album on Spotify. Thanks.